702, your number one news and talk station. It is coming up to six minutes past five on the Saturday morning, the 20th of February. If you've just joined us, a very good morning to you. My name's Errol Ballantyne, and I'm with you till six o'clock. It's the health and well-being hour, 55 minutes now. And on the line from Cape Town, it's a very warm welcome to our guest, uh, who is a tricologist, Trevenin Glenn Bam. Hello, Trevenin. Hi, Errol. How are you? Well, thank you. How are you? Very well, very well, thank you. Good. Welcome to the program. We're going to be talking hair. Trevenin has extensive experience in identifying and treating all forms of hair loss and as well as various scalp conditions. So we're going to be talking about anything to do with hair and scalp, um, any questions you may have, anything you want to discuss, any problems like why does your hair fall out or why does hair turn grey or uh, things like alopecia and um, implants, all those things. Give us a call, speak to Trevenin. Numbers to dial 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567, or you could SMS on 31702 or 31567. So, Trevenna, in your experience, what is the what is the main issue that you see uh, with with hair problems? Is it about um, that? Is it about the maintenance of hair? Is it about whether people actually bother to to wash their hair regularly? What what is it? Well, these are all contributing factors to uh, problems associated with hair. Um, I find that lately in both the clinic in Cape Town and in Johannesburg, um, the Philip Kingsley clinics, I'm finding that I I see a lot of uh, young women that are coming in that have um, very, very poor uh, hair growth. And this has been due to the fact that they have very low uh, serum ferritin levels in their iron or in their blood. Uh-huh. And this is um, a bit of a cause for concern because it's in the age groups of between sort of 20 to 35 um, that uh, a lot of these uh, patients are coming in. And um, yes, the, 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 they're having a problem with, with hair loss due to simply the fact that their serum levels are pretty low. Mm. Uh, related to diet, or are there? Is, is it hereditary? It's dietary related. It's also the fact that um, there's so many different uh, uh, diets on the market at the moment that people are taking. Um, vegetarians are, are one of those that are not getting enough protein um, into their systems by uh, by the normal processes that they get the protein into their systems. So this is. This is a problem, and, um, you know, you go for a blood test and they check to see what your serum ferritin levels are like, and because the scope is so wide, it's like 13 to 180 mm. uh, in, in women, um, you will find that uh, your GP will tell you that you don't really have a problem if your serotin, uh, serum ferritin levels are sort of in the, like, 30 range or the 40 range. But in order for, for, the, for the hair growth, to um, to really occur properly, it has to be above seventy, and I'm finding that a lot of this is that a lot of clients are not uh, are not in that group, mm-hmm. and, it, and it takes quite a while to get it back up to the seventy. Uh, so iron supplements are very very much necessary. Yeah. Uh, products like Fairy Med and uh, things like that are very very important, uh, as well as sometimes even uh, uh, transfusions of uh, of uh, serum ferritin rich blood. 
Really? Gosh. There is sulf- just before we go back to the lines, I can see Lynn and others waiting. I'll be with you in just a moment. There's a, there's a thing called self-induced hair loss, isn't there, though, where um, it's, it's from the style of, of the hair, especially when women comb their hair and always have their hair done in a certain style, and, and this results in, in hair falling out. Um, well, yes, it can be. I mean, if, if, if there are cases where uh, there is self-induced hair loss, which uh, is something that is called trichotillomania, which uh, is a, a disorder where people pull their hair out uh, consciously or subconsciously. Uh, it's a nervous disorder. Um, that is the one. With regards to hairstyling and things like that, if people go to sleep with rollers in their hair, um, then the constant movement of the head on the pillow can cause hair breakage, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and that can be a problem as well. All right, let's go to the lines. Uh, Lynn in Mayerton, good morning to you. Hi, Errol. Hello, Lynn. Um, with that car accident that I had, my eyebrow was cut open. Uh, I had five stitches put into my eyebrow, from my eyebrow backwards on the right-hand side, I have been numb from the forehead sort of to the top of the head. Now, when I wash my hair, it's, uh, it's, it's hanging wet. I bend over, I put it into a towel, and the towel is on top of my head like a turban, and I dry myself, and then I, I just take the towel off. The right-hand side of my hair seems to be like it's been teased. It's like a rat's nest, and it's dry, like, instantaneously. Mm. Has this got something to do with maybe the damage that the nerves have, uh, you know, the the nerve damage or whatever that's happened with this? Mm. Trevenin? Oh, any sort of trauma uh, to the to the scalp area can relate to that sort of damage yes um but i would have to have a look at it to, to find out what uh, what would be causing that um it, for it to be dry instantaneously it's that, that that's a difficult one because hair should be wet uniformly and should dry uniformly um i don't i don't particularly understand why one lot of hair would be drier quicker than the other but no, with regards I don't to, it's a weird, it's weird. It's, it's not that I even towel rub it. I just put it up in there, and when I drop the hair, the left side is hanging wet and damp, but all of a sudden the right side just seems to be like it's been teased. It's all knotty, and I can brush it out, and it's okay, but it is, it's definitely drier, and it looks like this rat. Nest, and I'm just just wondering if it's all that damage to the nerves. Oh, interesting. It's a strong uh, possibility. It's a strong possibility that it could be. Um, if there is sort of, sort of any sort of nerve trauma or any sort of scarring, um, that will distort uh, the hair follicles, and the consequence, consequently, that the, the type of hair that grows out of a damaged follicle is going to be a lot different to the hair that once grew out of the follicle. So it could be associated with the trauma, yes. Okay. Lynn, thanks very much for the call. Uh, Lynn in Mayerton. Um, SMS is 31702 or 31567. We'll get to those in just a few minutes. Uh, just talk about hair loss in, in, in general. Uh, Trevenin, what, what, alopecia is in different forms, isn't it? 
Well, you get, you get uh, a number of different types of alopecia. You get alopecia, androgenic alopecia, which is a genetic uh, form of hair loss. And you get alopecia areata, which is a patchy type of hair loss, which is an autosomal disorder. Where which by is your, a, a what, sorry? An autosomal disorder. What's means that? your body basically attacks your, uh, your hair follicle. In other words, your white blood cells, uh, the soldiers of your body, start attacking the hair follicle and uh, the papilla, and consequently the hair becomes, uh, has a less of a life span and yeah. falls out. And it normally associates itself in circles or patches of hair loss. And these can then sort of be, uh, sort of occur all over at random times on the scalp, and some of them can meet up, which then became, becomes a, a bigger form of, uh, of of patch or a bigger size of patch, mm, mm. and then it encompassed the whole scalp, which would then be alopecia totalis, and then it could move to the entire body, which is alopecia universalis. So that is um, an, another type of alopecia. Just, uh, on the, got, just sorry, just yeah. as, uh, the alopecia that we're talking about with the, with the loss uh, starting out the hair with little patches. Could that is that male, female, young, old? Does it matter? It can happen to anybody at any one time, and nobody really knows what causes it, what, what are the causes of it. Um, it uh, can be associated <coughs> sorry, with, uh, with nerves. Uh, it can be brought about by, uh, by stress. Um, but normally, uh, in most cases, this hair grows back just quickly as it fell out. Oh, I, that was my next question. Is it reversible? Can... Uh, you take medication that will reverse it or will it happen by itself? It can happen by itself. If you want to speed up the process, you can use um, cortisone uh, injections, which uh, you will go to your GP or a doctor and he will then put cortisone directly into the area. I think how it works is that cortisone, once injected into the area, uh, scrambles the uh, white cells so that they start going after the cortisone as opposed to the hair follicle oh, and okay. uh, consequently giving it a chance to start growing again. If, the way that you look at it uh, under, a, uh, under a sort of a, a magnifying glass or under a microscope, if you could take the surrounding hairs that are broken mm. um, around the circle or the edges of the, of the alopecia areata, if they like an exclamation mark here where you can actually see the bottom of the hair has actually been eroded away by the white blood cells and that will grow out of the scalp and then consequently it will break because of movement. Uh, if, if the uh, disorder is still in the active phase, you will see those exclamation type mark hairs um, around the circumference of the, uh, of the patch. Mm-hmm. And then you know that it's still going on. But as soon as you find that those aren't and are small white hair is starting to go through, then you know that it's stopped and it's starting to grow back again and that pigmentation then kicks in again and the white hair will become the natural colour of the person's hair once the melanin starts uh, putting being put back into the uh, into the hair itself. Mm. Okay. Uh, just going back to what I was talking, asking about uh, hairstyles where you have uh, hair very tightly knotted over the over the, the sort of forehead area, and the hairline will recede because of the the tight pulling of of the hair. Does that is that is there a name for that? Is how does that work? Yeah, 
that, that's called traction alopecia. And you find that mostly in the ethnic market where they have um, sort of uh, braids or uh, rowing or anything like that, where the, because they're constantly pulling it and constantly tightening it, tightening it as it grows out, that does cause damage to the hair follicles. And you have a brief or line going around the actual area where it is completely devoid of any hair. And it is very, very difficult to get the hair back from a disorder like that, from traction alopecia. Very, very difficult. Okay. And as long as you've got that kind of, uh, there's the, uh, the, the knotting, uh, the, the hairline will continue to recede? Correct. Okay. Um, like, take some SMSs here. Is there any medication that would make eyebrows grow back, asks somebody. Does long use of um, menoxidil have any side effects? There are some side effects towards minoxidil, um, but very, very seldom do these uh, take effect. I would always recommend um, somebody to go to their doctor to find out if they are suitable for minoxidil or any form of medication that is taken orally or topically, which is a vasodilator, in other words, it increases the blood supply to the scalp. Because of the fact that minoxidil was a side effect of a product which was for hypertension, I would certainly find out whether you are suitable for that. So um, the trouble with minoxidil is that once you use minoxidil, you have to continue using minoxidil. Um, and it can take up to six to eight months before you start seeing a improvement. And once you've taken that and you stop taking it, then unfortunately, on most cases, the hair that you have grown will fall out because you aren't taking away the major problem of what is causing endogenic alopecia, and that is dihydrotestosterone, which is when your body, uh, your testosterone that is inside you, reacts with, a, with, a, with an enzyme called the alpha-reductase enzyme, and that is what builds up in the hair follicle, and that is what causes the hair loss. So if you're taking something that is a DHT inhibitor, a dihydrotestosterone inhibitor, then you will um, at least give yourself a fighting chance to start growing your hair back. Mm. So minoxidil is a specific hair growth product, uh, yes. and it's over-the-counter or is it prescription? It is over the counter on a 2%, but if you have to go for a 5%, then it would have to be um, on a prescription. It, and I mean, there must be a lot of people who use medication like this. And, and in, the, in the long term, uh, yeah, there, there may be side effects, but do, does, the, does the medication actually work uh, in the long term on average? Medica medication does work. Uh, there are a couple of products that have uh, that have been um, on the American standard of the FDA, there are products that have been uh, that have gone through the clinical trials. Mm. Uh, that uh, in going through clinical trials and that have then been approved by the FDA to work, do work. Mm. Um, it's just a question that everybody is is different, and in some people it works a lot quicker than others. And also with regards to people that it doesn't work as quickly on, they give up. And in giving up, they then, you know, don't grow any hair or they feel that they're wasting their money because it is an expensive process. Mm. Then, um, you know, you, you just then more at a, at a disadvantage. Right. All right. Uh, then, good morning, Errol. I'd like to ask if your guess, is there a link between male pattern hair loss and prostate cancer 
Interesting question. There is a, a tenuous link between prostate cancer and uh, androgenic alopecia in men simply because of the fact that um, you have a, a DHT can be found in your hair and um, you would need to take DHT inhibitors like sulfomito, which is used to, um, which was originally used to um, concentrate on the prostate. And uh, so the link would be there between mm. prostate cancer and androgenic alopecia. And then Peter wants to know, please ask your guest if methotrexate used for arthritis can lead to hair loss. I wouldn't be able to tell you that offhand um, because I don't have a MIMS in front of me to find out whether the um, uh, whether one of the side effects of uh, of that drug particularly would cause hair loss. Mm. But it's really very easy to find out. You can actually just go to your doctor and find out if the, what the side effects are, mm. or you can Google the product and find out what the side effects are and whether hair loss is associated with that. Mm. Okay, we're talking on the line to Treven and Bam, uh, talking about hair loss, anything to do with scalp issues and hair issues, uh, 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567, or you could SMS on 31702 or 31567. Uh, Patrick in Boxburg says, Hi, I found lately blood on my pillow and scabs. Can it be insect bit? I suppose it means insect bite. Um, wh- what could that be? Sorry, I didn't get that. He got blood on his pillow and, and scabs. Can it be insect bit? He says it's highly likely. Uh, it, it won't be something that uh, that manifests itself in the scalp overnight. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, again, it's it's a question of what sort of environment the the, the guy is in. Um, it's a difficult question to answer. Okay. Is there any cure for male pattern baldness that can actually work? I want to have hair like Christopher Walken or George Clooney. Laugh out loud, says somebody. <laughs> I want to have hair like George Clooney. I'm sure he's had a bit of help on the way as well. But, uh, you know, one never knows with these things. Uh, but there are a number of people who have um, done hair restoring. They have had implants, and I'd like to talk about that for a while. Uh, one of them is uh, Jacques Callas, who has on record as, as actually having had this done. A successful operation, uh, does, it, does it last? Um, it can last. It certainly can last. It's a, it's a very, very good uh, non-invasive surgery that, um, that works to a certain extent. It all depends on how it's been put in and taken out. And uh, it works on, a, on, a, on, a, on two, different types of, uh, um, two different types of processes. You've got a, the FUE, which is the follicular unit extraction, uh, whereby people take out a single follicle and transplant it. And then you've got a strip of hair, which then is then taken out and then used um, to dissect each follicle and then put back into the uh, into the scalp again. Take the area that yeah, sorry, go on. The area that it's taken from uh, possesses its own genetic code. So if it's taken from an area, a donor area that um, isn't uh, sort of, um, if it isn't. Uh, 
I'm trying to think of the word here. Compatible. If it doesn't have any, if it doesn't have any of the uh, the characteristics of dihydrotestosterone or anything like that, and it is taken from that donor area, then it will take that specific uh, gene code to the area that it needs to be transplanted into, and consequently, you'll not have a buildup of DHT in that area, which is why then it will last. Where would it be taken from? I mean, it's got to be your hair or it could be somebody else's hair. No, it would be taken from your hair, uh, from, from a donor area. Normally, at, if, a, if a person has got uh, on, on a Hamilton scale where they've got very little hair on top of their head, they would then take it from the back of your head on the occipital area oh, and okay. transplant it through onto the frontal area. Um, anything from... 500 to 1,000 hairs at a time. But it can vary as to how many you actually want done. Now, when you say you, you implant these hair by, do you mean hair by hair, one single hair at a time? Yeah, one single hair at a time. It's uh, been used because of the uh, attack by the name of Misunami in Daba uh, introduced the one millimeter needle back in 1988. And they were able to then take out a solitary hair follicle and transplant a solitary hair follicle. And um, that can, it's now being done. There was a program on, uh, there was a doctor on the Oprah Winfrey show some time ago that uh, showed how a robot is now being used. So it's all robotic where it will actually take out the hair from the back of the area and transplant it immediately onto the front. So it's quite a quick process that can be done, mm. provided of course that the uh, that the follicular units aren't uh, aren't damaged in any way. Um, that is rate of survival, whether it's been done properly or not. So you have to actually not not drill into the skull, but you've got to make the the hole uh, in which to insert the the new hair. Um, and does it take root straight away, or does it take a little while to start to to grow again? It'll take, it'll take a little while to start growing again, but uh, it does grow again because there is sufficient blood supply that will be taken there, and um, it, it's it's the ultimate yield would be good, uh, as again again provided that you know, the, the the follicular unit isn't transected during the extraction process. In other words, if it isn't cut in half, mm. or, you know, then a, there's a great, greater likelihood that it won't survive the transplant. It, it must be a very uh, slow process. I mean, it depends on how much hair you want, uh, you know, but it must be a very slow and very expensive process. It's a... I would say it's difficult to say it's slow. It's it's a lot faster than growing the hair yourself. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, but uh, yes, and, and with regards to expense, it is a fairly expensive uh, process. Um, there are a number of clinics in Cape Town that do it. Uh, mm. There's a very, very good uh, surgical team of uh, Dr. Craig Gress and Larry Berkowitz that, uh, that do it in Cape Town. There's also... Um, a, a, doctor in Johannesburg that has uh, a clinic that does uh, unit uh, extraction and, and uh, putting in. Mm-hmm. So there are there are people that do it and they do it very, very well. I've seen the results of it and it's been very, very good. Uh, there's very little scarring. You know, in the old days they used to do what was known as a, 
as a grafting, a plug, where they used to take out a whole lot of hair follicles um, in a you know in a, uh, a plug form, and then they right. would actually cut that out and then transplant it in, and you had the sort of like shotgun burst shotgun effect on a person's head oh. that looked bad. There was scarring, it could even be cicatricial scarring where it's a bit raised and everything like that. And it just didn't look good. Mm. Um, but modern technology is phenomenal and uh, it has certainly come on in leaps and bounds and there's very little scarring. And the scarring that if it's done on a on a, on a strip harvesting method whereby they take the piece from the back and uh, cut it into various uh, follicular units, there's very little scarring there. And then if they do it separate hair follicles, um, the, the scarring is minute. Okay. All right, let's go to the lines and talk to Anne in Midrand. Good morning to you, Anne. Uh, good morning. Um, when I was a child, my mother used to brush and brush and yes, brush my hair. Yes, as they do. <laughs> and I was wondering how important brushing is because I suddenly thought to myself, I actually don't brush my hair anymore just to tidy it, you know, not to, I don't sit down and brush it for, mm-hmm. for lengthy periods of time. Great question. Trevenna? Brushing is very, very important. Uh, any form of uh, grooming, uh, massaging your scalp and uh, brushing your scalp regularly is a very, very good form um, of, uh, of stimulation, of, of, um, of A, making sure that your hair is neat uh, and not knotting um, is very, very important because uh, your hair, when wet, can knot quite easily because your cuticles can rub together and start getting uh, attached to each other. And then uh, you basically, when you're combing or brushing too hard, you will break hair and pull it out. So make sure that when you're brushing, you brush with a very, very good brush and that it has got little plastic bubbles on the end of the bristles so that you don't cause any damage to your, uh, to your hair. And uh, try and do it when your hair is dry as opposed to being wet. And if you're going to, use, if you're going to brush your hair, wet, then as I say, make sure you use a very, very wide brush like a vent brush or a paddle brush, but not something that is going to break your hair. So, Anne, your mum was right. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the call, Anne, in Midrand. Call us on 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567. All right, we have on the line hair expert Trevenan Glenn Bam from Cape Town taking your calls. Anything to do with uh, hair issues, scalp issues, 011-883-0702 or 021-446-0567. Or you could SMS on 31702 or 31567. Loads of SMSs coming through. Um, we'll take as many as we can. Um, good question from somebody who says, is going gray genetic? My dad was gray 26, so I am 56. I've never had a gray hair and brunette. That's from Sarah in Midrand. Is going gray yes. genetic? Yes, going gray is genetic. It's also the drying up of your melanin and you will eventually go gray. Um, my wife, uh, my wife's family is um, incredibly lucky in that effect that they don't go grey early. My wife's brother is 68 years of age and has about three grey hairs on his head, which is absolutely brilliant. I, on the other hand, am totally salt and pepper only at the age of 50. Yes. But um, it, it's, it's, it's in your genetic makeup as to when you go grey. There is a disorder 
called Kanaitis, um, where you go grey earlier, uh, very much earlier, like in your mid twenties uh, or even your your late teens, mm. where you start going grey earlier. Um, it's basically uh, what what determines your 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 uh, colour is uh, an amino acid called pyrosin, which reacts with copper in your system, and uh, the 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 end result is a is a is a, an enzyme or an amino acid called tyrosinase, which facilitates the uh, pigmentation of your hair. Mm. And if you are lacking in that, then you will go grey earlier. Okay, so it is genetic. If you're going to go grey, you're going to go grey. If you're not grey at 80, you're very lucky. <laughs> um, lucky. Tracy wants to know, good morning, please advise how to increase growth of eyebrows due to chemo. Um. The ink to it's a difficult one because um, depending on what form of chemo uh, you've had, um, your hair can grow back or will grow back, whether it is slower or faster in certain individuals. Um, there is really no uh, treatment for um, for growing your hair back on your eyebrows. Uh, quicker, mm. uh, simply because of the uh, of the uh, chemo drugs that are introduced into your system, mm. um, it can have some sort of an effect on your hair generally, on both the terminal hair on your head and on your eyebrows. Mm. Um, but I, perseverance is something that I, I advocate, and the fact also that you know you, you could use things like minoxidil. Um, on that area, but again, it's very, very difficult because you don't want the minoxidil to move anywhere else on your body or on your face um, when you're applying it because it can start to grow hair there as well. Right. So um, it's a difficult one. Okay. A question from Rita, and a lot of people will be very interested in this reply, the reply to this question. Is it true that if you cut a baby's hair, it will grow thicker? No, it's completely false. Ah, interesting. If you cut any hair, does it encourage growth? No, completely false as well. Gosh, that's interesting because there are people who will swear by that, you know. Don't cut your hair too often. It'll encourage growth, and it's not true at all. No, it's not true at all. uh, In fact, uh, Philip Kingsley, um, the uh, renowned trichologist in the UK and the States, has written a book called The Hair Bible. It's a very, very good book, and in it, he states categorically that it is an old lifestyle that if you cut your hair, uh, it will grow faster. There's very little that will make your hair grow faster on the market. Um, it is purely a nutritional form and uh, making sure that you get the right nutrients to the hair papilla in order for it to grow. Mm-hmm. The, other, um, the other sort of old lifestyle is that um, you, know, you shouldn't wash your hair too much. Uh, that is something that I'd like to put dead in the water right now. You can wash your hair as often and as many times as you like. Provided um, that. Not, well, it's not going to damage your hair, uh, provided you're using a good shampoo and a good conditioner. Right. But it's not going to damage your hair at all. Mm. Your hair needs to be washed just like any part of your body needs to be washed on a regular basis. And you can, I, I know, I personally wash my hair at least twice a day 
um, is every time I shower, um, I wash my hair. Mm. You don't necessarily have to wash your hair with, uh, with, with a shampoo. If you just wet your hair or run your hands through it while you're in the shower, um, it's not going to be detrimental to your hair at all. Okay. So not to knock the different hundreds of different types of shampoo on the market, but they're all pretty much the same. They're basically soap that will just clean your hair. Correct. Okay. Um, Hazel, thanks for holding. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning. I'd like to know if an increase in seafood in, in your diet, seafood especially, um, seafoods like mussel, um, that are rich in iodine actually helps your hair growth. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, Trevenan, you got that? It can help tremendously. Um, the fact that uh, you um, have are taking in a, 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 a larger amount of iodine is very, very good for your hair. Yes, seafood, mussels, things like that. But, uh, you know, there are... They're all, um, Problems associated with too much seafood, and the fact that um, you know, and I, I don't want to sound out of line here with regards to uh, the people that love sushi. I, for one, love sushi and, and things like that. But there are other elements with regards to um, sushi, in my personal opinion, or in in lots of uh, seafood. Um, although they have tremendous amounts of uh, of oil and uh, iodine and so on and so forth. There have been cases, in my opinion, that, uh, and, I, and I stress that in my opinion, with regards to um, heavy metals like mercury and so on and so forth, which um, are not good for your hair. Uh, any form of uh, heavy metals in your system is not good for your hair and uh, consequently can uh, cause um, a, a disorder called androgen effluvian, which is when you are um, experiencing tremendous shedding which doesn't grow back thanks for your call um hazel thank you thank you very much that's hazel in johannesburg um other calls coming in now lots of them and as i say sms is coming in thick and fast uh, let me just ask you about laser uh treatment trevena there are people who do laser treatment do you know is it uh, do people talk about benefits uh, whether it's whether it's worthwhile in, in your opinion um, in my opinion, I I feel that lasers um, have benefit mm. to people. Uh, they do have benefit. Uh, LLT, the low-level light um, laser, that uh, you know that 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 is a, a, a tool that is used very often in clinics today um, all over the world. Um, it works on a, on, a, on a nanometer wavelength of between 650 and 900 nanometers. It has been used uh, in clinical trials and um, it has had uh, good success with people suffering from alopecia areata, the disorder that I described earlier with regards to the patchiness of hair loss. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to androgenic alopecia, um, very, very difficult to say. There's no, there haven't been any, uh, as far as I'm aware, there haven't been any serious clinical trials that have mm-hmm. been done with mm-hmm. regards to that. And um, it can appear gimmicky at times um, with, uh, with regards to that. Um, it is not a standalone treatment. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I feel that it has to be used with some other form of, uh, of, of um, treatment. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, you've got the, um, the, the hair max laser comb that has been uh, sort of cleared by the FDA. Uh, it was cleared by the FDA as a, as a, as a, a moderate risk medical device. Mm. Um, and uh, it was screened solely for safety and not really for efficiency. So, okay. you know, there are items or, or devices out there that people will swear by and that will use it. And um, if it helps them, I say that's fantastic. If it doesn't help them, then perhaps you should look okay. at a treatment that is um, more beneficial to you, a topical application of a treatment as right. opposed to a laser. Uh, Grant, Daniel and Dee, we're coming to you in just a moment. I want to just get this SMS done first. Uh, I'm a 44-year-old menopausal female and going grey at an alarming rate. Is there a way to stop or reverse this? My hair is also less thick, but that's not so bad as the greying. Thank you. That's from Pearl. Any way to stop or reverse going grey, or or is it going to happen if it's going to happen? It's going to happen if it's going to happen. There are ways. Um, you can have your hair coloured. Uh, it could be a chemical process that needs to be done. But um, there is nothing that you can do to really reverse the okay. growing process. Okay. And, and besides, as, it's trendy. It's really trendy at the moment. <laughs> to be and as you say, it's, it's hereditary. If it's going to happen, there's not much you can do about it. Um, Talk to Grant. Hello, Grant. Good morning to you. Hi, um, yes, uh, um, 27 years ago, I had a severe motor accident. Um, I was in a coma for 19 days, and uh, they had to uh, do uh, what they called a frontal lobe impact, uh, infarct, I beg your pardon, to remove blood clots from the, my brain. Hmm. Um, they didn't think I was going to make it, so when they put me back together, it was... Oh, well, you know, he's not going to make it, so let's not do such a good job. I have, unfortunately, um, inherited um, thinning hair. I've tried the monoxidil 2%. I've tried every other hair product that could thicken my hair, but nothing works. Um, I, I don't want to go the hair implant route, or is there anything I can... Okay. Uh, Trevenant, can we do anything to help Grant? It's, I, 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 I don't know what the extent of the hair thinning is, so it's very difficult for me to make an assessment. But what I can say is that, um, you know, of, of the products that are out there, if you've tried the minoxidil 2% and you find that it hasn't been working, then you can go to your GP and ask him for minoxidil 5% um, and try and get onto that. I don't know if... If, if the uh, the hair thinning has been caused from the accident, or whether it is a genetic affiliation to to um, to, to to what's happening to you, so um, it's difficult, as I say, without uh, without having a look and seeing what's going on. But um, my advice is that if you there are products out there like Propecia, Minoxidil, that um, have had clinical trials that are backed by the FDA for growing hair, uh, my advice would be to, to, to source those and to, to have a look and see getting back onto the program and keeping at it for a period of time where you, where you will find some sort of relief and some sort of result. Thanks for the call, Grant. And then, uh, Daniel, good morning to you. Um, uh, hello. Hi, uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, yes. Uh, 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 I just want to find out from the doctor if you constantly or almost on a daily basis your hair, would that have any effect on your skin? 
constant shaving of your hair. You mean your, your scalp? Yeah, your, your head, your shaving your head, your yeah. hair. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, would yeah. it have would it have any impact on your skin, Trevenna? Yeah, that's definitely. Okay, firstly, um, I'd just like to clarify with my qualifications. I'm not a doctor. I'm a trichologist, and uh, I don't have a medical, a medical degree or anything like that. However, I will help you out with regards to your question. Uh, constant yeah. shaving uh, of, your, of your hair can cause yeah. a, a type of folliculitis, an ingrown hair. Um, it's yeah. uh, found particularly, uh, unfortunately, on, on, uh, on, on, on ethnic people with regards to... Um, you know, when you have a close shave on your face, you get the sort of uh, pimples with ingrown hairs. It's uh, called uh, psychosis of barbe, which is the one on your on your on your neck or on your face. Um, yeah, on your scalp it would be psychosis nuche, which is at the back of your scalp, moving up. It is an ingrown hair, unfortunately, because of the way that the um, the hair follicle is when it's cut, uh, especially yeah. on on black people. It it can become ingrown and when it becomes ingrown it causes an irritation and irritation then becomes uh, itching and, and things like that my advice is to not shave as close to the scalp as you are doing to try and alleviate that and also to use a very very good shampoo uh, like the things inflating itchy shampoo or something like that just to take away the itch and also to um, you know, due to clear up the flakiness that uh, that is associated with it. Thanks very much for the call, Daniel. And then very quickly, uh, Dee in four ways. Thanks for holding. Good morning, Dee. Hi, good morning. Um, I would just like to ask a question about nutrition for the uh, for, for, for hair. Um, he mentioned iron, but all the others, if you could quickly rattle through them. And another thing, too, is that I would like to know how would one work out when one's hair is in a growth phase or dormant phase? Because I have a 24-year-old son that's got deep peaks, you know, but so do I. His father um, is bald. And his grandfather, so I'm just listening because at one stage you said it, um, on the internet it now says it, it definitely can't uh, be inherited through the father uh, before it said you normally um, the XX chromosome would, you know, it's if, if, if the mother's side hasn't got baldness and the child won't get it, but that's apparently not true. So let's just go back because he's very stressed. He's um, in his honours year. And um, uh, uh, chartered accountancy, and they've got just a very, very heavy schedule. And I just want to know about how to support it, uh, hair through stress and so on. Otherwise, he's got a full head of hair at the moment. Okay. Do you, do you want to listen on the radio? Yes, thanks, please. thanks very much. Uh, Trevenant, okay, if you can give a quick answer to that, we've still got a number of questions that we need to take. Okay, well, unfortunately, um, stress does play a role with, uh, with hair loss. Um, so, you know, you, you, you do have a problem there with regards to the stress, but you have to move to another planet to try and get away from stress levels. <laughs> True that. <laughs> but, you know, what are, the, what are the essential vitamins for hair care? You, you need vitamin C, vitamin B, uh, like biotin, <clears throat> vitamin B7, Niacin, these are, are, are essential for hair growth. Um, you could also uh, use uh, zinc, um, fish proteins, as I said before, with regards to uh, the, the, the iodine and things like that. 
you um, you would need amino acids like cysteine and cysteine. These are all very, very good amino acids uh, for producing uh, healthy hair. And, uh, you know, make sure that your diet is well balanced and that mm. you are getting enough proteins into your, into your diet mm. so that um, you, you then have optimum hair growth. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, two um, SMSs that have come up a number of times. The first one is how to treat greasy hair. What is the cause of it and, and, and is it any way to get rid of it? To use a good shampoo, um, a lot of people find that they have a greasy scalp and very, very dry hair. And, um, you know, the, the answer is not in uh, um, using a, a, a shampoo for, for, for dry hair. It would be using a shampoo for a greasy scalp. Mm. And wash your hair regularly. Um, that is something that's very, very important, simply because bacteria loves warm, moist places. Mm. And if it's warm and moist in there, you will breed bacteria. So... Consequently, you have to use a good shampoo to get rid of the grease. Um, it, greasy scalps are predominantly caused by an overactive sebaceous gland. If you are wearing a beanie all the time, uh, a peak cap or anything like that, your head does sweat incredibly. So you will, um, unless you're, of course, Hashim Amla, who doesn't sweat at all after last night, but uh, you do have um, a lot of sweating on the scalp, and that's where... You need to make mm. sure that your hair and general hygiene is taken care of. And the other one that's come up a couple of times, uh, for example, one from Paul says, I've heard people going grey overnight. Is this true? And I'm sure we've all heard this. Somebody got such a fright that they woke up the next morning and they were completely grey. You know, I've heard this story uh, quite a few times and uh, people have, I have yet to witness anything like that. I've yet to read up on any sort of uh, documentation where this has actually occurred. I personally, as, as a psychologist, I, have, I, I, I don't see the science behind it. Uh, I, I, I don't see um, something like that occurring where you go grey overnight. It's a process where you go grey. Mm, mm. Some of your hair is, you know, on, on, on any one individual's head, there are 120 to 150,000 hairs, of which some of them are in the growing phase. Some of them have already detached themselves from the uh, from the hair bulb or the papilla and are in the process of falling out. So for everybody's hair to suddenly turn grey overnight, I just don't see the science behind it, the chemistry behind it supporting mm. something like that. So I would, in my opinion say no that that it is uh, extremely unlikely we do lose a lot of hair every day or every night is that correct and that's natural that's a natural shedding yes and do they all get replaced or do some of them never get replaced no they all get replaced um they provided there are no accumulating circumstances where um where you've got two different types you've got like a disorder called telogen effluvian which is when your hair goes into the resting phase and stays there for a longer period than the growing phase. Mm. About 80 to 85% of your hair is in the growing phase, and about 10 to 15% of your hair is in the resting, falling out phase. But if there are uh, circumstances whereby, for example, you have in women especially where you have um, low levels of serum ferritin, as I explained right at the beginning of the show, then you will find that that ratio drops, and you will find that 
your hair will be sort of seventy percent in the growing phase and thirty percent in the resting right. and the pulling out. Right. And this will rectify itself as soon as it's been taken care of um, with um, <clears throat> sorry with an iron supplement or anything like that. Then you have another disorder called anagen effluvium, which is brought about by chemotherapy, uh, heavy metal poisoning like arsenic and so on and so forth, which would fall out and not take uh, a short period of time to grow back. It would take quite an extensive period, and only once the chemotherapy has been sorted out and mm. then they stop, and also whether you've eradicated your body from the heavy metal poisoning. We are out of time, Trevenin. It is... <laughs> It's just flown by. Um, please give us uh, contact detail, con- email or uh, phone number that, that listeners can get hold of you. Certainly you can get hold of uh, me through my website, which is www.capetowntrichology.co.za and uh, also on the Philip Kingsley website, Philip Kingsley, South Africa. I consult with Philip Kingsley in Johannesburg and Cape Town. That's Philip, and telephone Philip, number. Yeah, telephone number. Uh, my telephone number is 082 Excellent. Trevena, thanks so much for your time. Fascinating. We're going to have to get you back quite soon because there are loads of SMSs that I haven't even uh, looked at and calls that have still been waiting. So uh, we'll have to do this again quite soon. Thank you very much for your time this morning. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Ten very successful people, each with his or her own story. Introducing Face to Face with Success, a series of bite-sized interviews with interesting South Africans. They're prominent, they're successful, and some are a little controversial. From a high-profile lawyer. How do I get involved in criminal law? It's an interesting question. To an award-winning fashion designer. We make the garment from start to finish. We have seamstresses that are fully skilled to make garments for themselves. Go to 702.co.za to download the latest face-to-face with success. Reef Lords Property Development is selling luxury urban apartments at the West End Development, corner 9th and 11th Road, Midrand. Phase 1 and 2 are now sold out. New phases launching Sunday, the 21st of February, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. The West End is the place for people going places. Secure your future today. Call 011-516-0057 or visit reeflords.co.za to view other listed developments. SMS us on 31702 or 31567. Let me give you the telephone number for Trevenin again. Trevenin Bam, the consulting trichologist with Philip Kingsley, South Africa. You can get him on 082-660-5410. Or you could go to Philip Kingsley SA, go to the website, and you'll find more information there. And that is a wrap for early morning breakfast for this Saturday morning. Thanks for all your calls and SMSs. We had to say inundated with SMSs, but we'll get Trevenin back uh, and just carry on with that discussion fairly soon. My name is Errol Ballantyne. Thanks for being with me. Have a very lekker weekend.